God has given me by far the longest passage in this whole series of the miracles of Jesus in the book of John, and I have 10 minutes. And so, you know, God, you know, if God could feed, you know, over 10,000 people with a few loaves and fish, I think he, he could do the same thing here. So please bear with me um, as we go through this, because I do think that it's important. Because if you take a look at, you know, what um, Annette said, life is just so uncertain right now. As we look at what's going on with Afghanistan, if I just mention that, there's all of these thoughts and emotions that are going through your mind. COVID-19, all I have to say that, and all of a sudden, all of these emotions and thoughts come to your mind with this Delta variant. Then we see these fires that are going on, then Hurricane Ida that's about to hit the United States. But you know what's crazy about this? Is when we think about all of those things, it's overshadowing the fact that California is running out of water, right? That we are experiencing a drought, a pretty serious drought. And, you know, that in itself is important, but all these other things are overshadowing that, right? And for those of you here are students I see here, you've got your own things going on at school, right, that you have to face when you go to school. And the list goes on. But doesn't it seem like when you are in pain, when you are in suffering, it just feels like it goes on forever? And we go, God, where are you? Where are you? Why don't you do something? And God, God, how does this fit in your timeline, right? As we look, maybe some of us are looking towards the end times and saying, okay, you know, how does this fit here? Where are you? But you know what? I hope that you leave with encouragement and hope, knowing that for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, we are victorious, we will overcome. That these experiences, as uncertain as they be, as, you know, as they fill us with anxiety, they will not defeat us. They will not defeat us. Yes, they're not pleasant to go through, but we will not be defeated. That we will be victorious. And one of the things that we're going to see today is that when we are in our pain, in our suffering, Jesus' timing is perfect. Even though he may not show up when we think you know, we want him to show up. His timing is perfect. And so turn with me to John chapter 11, verse 1. And we're going to go through this really quickly. It says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And this is Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, who was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And so here we have a, f a family here where Mary and Martha, their brother uh, Lazarus was sick. But also we see here that Jesus, Jesus this is, wasn't Jesus' first encounter with them. He had an encounter with them where there was something special about their relationship where Jesus loved them. Okay, Jesus loved them. And then all of a sudden we see this word response. It says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end, not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's son may be glorified through this. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. 
Oh, could you get the picture here? Is that the sisters send word to Jesus, who is probably a day away, day's journey away from them, and said, you know what? Our brother is sick. You know, you love us. You love this guy. He's sick. Please come and heal him. And what does Jesus do? When he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. You would think that Jesus would say, oh, no, Lazarus is sick. Okay, guys, disciples, let's go. We're going to Bethany. Or minimally, he would have said, Lazarus is not going to die. And he just lifts up his hand like this and boom, Lazarus is healed. Because he's done that before, right? But no, it looks like he just stays there for two more days. But this is critical. And we're going to talk about that later. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews were trying to stone you. And, and yet you are going back? And Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. And so basically what Jesus is saying here is the Jews separated the day into two watches, daylight and nighttime, okay? And so what Jesus is saying is that while he's here in ministry, there's nothing. It's a, it's a lifetime. I'm here. There's nothing that could happen to me to prevent me from accomplishing their mission. Because they were saying, you know what? Man, they want to kill you over there. Why are we going back? And Jesus says, no, as long as it's light. You know, I have a mission to accomplish. And there's nothing anyone could do about that. And he was saying, I'm going to still go. Right, And so basically what my first point is, our days here on earth are numbered uh, by God, okay? And in Psalm 139.16, the author says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What this um, author is saying is before we were born, God ordained the amount of days we would live here on earth, and there's absolutely nothing that could change that. Meaning that all of each one of you are like a Marvel superhero, right? You are invincible until your days here that were ordained by God are fulfilled. Now, I know our enemy saint would want to wipe us off from the face of the earth. He can't. He can't. Why? Because God ordained our number of days, and there's nothing, nothing that could change it. Now, some, he's ordained some of us to live longer than others, but each one of us are invincible until those days are, that God ordained us are fulfilled. And this is what Jesus is saying. God has ordained the number of days I'm here on earth to do ministry. And there's nothing anyone could do to change that. So it doesn't matter that they were trying to kill me. My days here are ordained. And nothing could change that. And then John 10, it says, It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. And after he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going there to wake him up. And his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Then Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So he uh, told them plainly, 
Lazarus is dead. Okay? But then he goes on to say, And for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you might believe, but let us go to him. And what Jesus has said is, No, 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 Lazarus is dead. And there's a reason I didn't heal him when I could have. And there's a reason I didn't rush over there when I did. Because you are going to see a great thing. You are going to see a wonderful miracle. And it's because of that that your faith is going to be strengthened. Because Jesus knew that he was going to go to the cross soon. And he knew his faith, disciples' faith had to be strengthened. And so what he was saying here is the reason I didn't go is you are going to see a wonderful and marvelous thing that is going to grow your faith because you're going to need it. And that's the same thing with us. I don't know what God has in your future, but God does know. And that for some of us, he's saying that, you know what? Your faith is going to need to be strengthened. And he's allowing you to go through certain things so your faith can be strengthened. So when whatever happens, happens in the future, your faith will be able to deal with that. This is what Jesus was saying um, to his disciples. And then he said, then Thomas Um, um, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we might die for him, die with him. And on his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now this is the reason Jesus didn't go. Because once again, he was a day's journey away from, um, you know, Bethany. But in the Jewish mind, they believed that the soul hovered over the body for three days, looking for an opportunity to come back. But on the fourth day, that's when the body starts to decay, and there's no way that the soul could enter into the body. So on the fourth day, the person was just dead, dead beyond um, resuscitation. And this is why Jesus didn't go. He wanted to make sure that the Jews understood that Lazarus was truly dead. And this is why he didn't go. It wasn't that he didn't care, because he knew he was going to raise them, but he wanted to make sure that everybody around them, especially all of those people who came from Jerusalem to mourn with the family, understood that Lazarus was truly dead. So Jesus' timing is perfect. Jesus has a plan. Remember when he fed the 10,000? He asked Philip, hey, how are we going to fill him? Uh, feed him? And Philip go, I don't know. How are we going to feed these guys? It's going to take six months' wages just to give them a little piece of bread. Right? But what does the Bible say? Jesus asked him that to what? To test him. But then it also says, because Jesus knew what he was going to do. Everything that Jesus does is not by happenstance. Jesus has a plan. And so when we are going through all of this trial and frustration and uncertainty and we wonder where you are, Jesus, we could take comfort knowing that Jesus has a plan, that nothing that we go through is just happenstance, that he's just not letting this happen to us for just no reason, that Jesus has a plan. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss um, of their brother. So here, they were probably a prominent family. And so we see all these people from Jerusalem, a large crowd of people from Jerusalem came to mourn with them. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had 
been here, my brother would not have died. But now I know that even God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And what Jesus, what Martha is saying is, yes, I know that you are going to raise him, that everybody is going to be raised at the last day. And we see that in, in prophecy. It hasn't happened yet. But Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die Do you believe this? And what Jesus is saying is that we're not going to die, but what he's saying is those who believe in Jesus, who trust in Jesus, will never die spiritually. Yes, we're going to die physically, but we will not die spiritually. And that's the important part. Verse 27. Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah who has come into the world. And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. But when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at a place where Martha had met him. Now when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting, notice how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Have you ever felt that way? When you're going through a certain uh, experience, you go, God, if only you would have been there, if only you would have done something, I wouldn't have had to go through this. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he not who opened the eyes of a blind man have kept this man from dying? And Jesus once more was deeply moved and came to the tomb. It was, a, it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Now, how many of you have ever felt like this? They know that Jesus did all these wonderful miracles. And they said, you know, man, if this guy could heal a blind man, you know, couldn't he have at least healed this person so he could die, so that he wouldn't die? And how many of us have felt like that? Jesus, I've seen you do all of these things, but man, I'm here suffering. You know, why, why can't you act? Why can't you act? Don't you see me? Don't you know what I'm going through? You've done it for other people. Why can't you do it for me? And then in verse 39, it says, Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, uh, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor because he has been there for four days. Once again, you know, they didn't have embalming back then, so they just covered the body with aromatic spices and so forth. But by four days, the power of a a rotting corpse, just the smell would overcome the power of the spices. So once again, he's been there for four days. It's going to smell bad. The body's decaying. He is dead. There's no way his soul could come back into his body. So he's just gone. 
Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you, you excuse me, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you sent me. Wow, isn't this a, a powerful verse? That the sisters thought that Jesus didn't hear them. The sisters thought that they didn't care. But what does Jesus say? I thank you that you always hear me. And he said that so everybody could hear him, so they know that God always hears you. He may not act in the way that you want him to act, but he always hears you. And this is a promise that Jesus says. This is a truth that Jesus knew. Verse 43, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And my last point, well, I'm going to end this quickly, is God's goals are different than our goals. Mary and Martha's goals were that Jesus come and heal his brother, brother, so he would not die. That was their goal. What was Jesus' goal? Jesus' goal was that they would, that he would let Lazarus die and he was going to raise him from the dead, so what? That God could be glorified. Two different goals. And the problem is when we self-impose our goals onto God's goals, we will be disappointed every single time. It has to do with expectations. And even when it comes to marriage and relationships, one of the biggest problems in marriages and relationships is that we have different expectations of one another, right? We have expectations of our spouse. We have expectations about our friends. And when they don't meet them, what happens? We get upset. And a lot of times because these expectations aren't stated. If we in our relationship with God, superimpose our expectations on God, right? We are going to be frustrated throughout our faith. Why? Because God's goals are very different than ours. God's goal was to give eternal life. God's goal was to say, you know what? Anyone who believes in me will never spiritually die. Why? Yes, he raised Lazarus from the dead, but guess what? Where's Lazarus now? He's in heaven, but he died. Every person that Jesus healed, whether they were blind, whether they were lame, or whatnot, that guess what? They're all dead. Right? They're all dead. Jesus knew that. And so by raising Lazarus from the dead, it was only temporary. Because he knew that he was going to eventually die. But but the important part was that Jesus came that we may not speak spiritually die. And that's an important part. And that's something that we all have to realize is that Jesus came so that we would spiritually die, not to extend our physical life here on earth. And sometimes that'll happen. I've seen people be healed. And I've seen people that, you know, weren't healed. But you know, regardless whether he heals or not, it's just... A foregone conclusion that one day whoever was healed they're going to die 
Jesus knows that. God knows that. And what's important for them, for God, is our soul. He came to save our souls. And this is what we all need to realize, that as we pray for certain things and it doesn't happen, God's goals are different than our goals. And so what's a weekly challenge? A weekly challenge is this. I'd like you to read John 11, 1 through 44 every single day. And I want you to read it once again as, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? What are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to learn from this passage? If you are currently going through a difficult situation, what I'd like you to do is believe that God's timing is perfect. God hears your prayers, right? But when he comes and he ministers to you, when he does, his timing is perfect. And look at it from God's perspective and trust in his plan for your life. Are you looking at this situation from your perspective or from God's perspective? Okay, try to look at it from God's perspective and trust that he has a plan for this in your life. And lastly, support the staff while I'm away on sabbatical. I'm going to be gone for two months, so if you could support the staff, I would appreciate it. Worship team, please come forward as we sing our last song. And uh, let me close this in prayer. Oh, God, I thank you so much that you hear our prayers. And I thank you so much that your goals are so much different than our goals. Because my goals, my plans, Father, they're full of flaws because I can't see the future. But, Father, your plans and your goals are perfect. And, Father, for those of us in this room right now who are going through a difficult time, for those of us who our goals and our expectations are very different than yours, Father, I pray that you would allow us to trust in you and so we would be in perfect alignment with you. For, Father, you are the light. Father, you are the truth. And, Father, you are a good God. And that everything that happens, Father, we know that good will come out of it. And so, Father, I pray that we trust you as hard as it is during this time to know that when you do show up, your timing will be perfect. And, Father, if you're not, you might be, and we just don't recognize it. So, Father, please keep us from jumping to conclusions. Please keep us from passing judgments on you, claiming that you don't know what you're doing. If you did, you would make my life better. But I thank you, Father, that you are not swayed by what we want, that you only want which is good for us. And, Father, you will not ever, ever change your plans for us because you want the best for us. In your son's name I pray, amen.